from Hong Kong, Chicago and the city of Stoke-on-Trent. This is the Classic Lenses Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 117. I'm slightly distracted because we've actually got this on a webcam at the moment and we've never done it that way before. Um, but don't worry, it won't go public. Um, so my name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Johnny Sisson and Perry G. Hello, Johnny. Hello. And hello, Perry. Hello. Right. Um, yeah, so we're a little bit disorientated uh, today because... Um, this is a bit of an experiment uh, that we're doing because we've never actually had uh, video uh, capabilities. Um, well, we suppose we've sort of had the capabilities, but I haven't had a webcam, and uh, and we've just decided that there'd be bandwidth issues and things like that if we ever actually switched cameras on to do this. So, who knows? This uh, may go horribly wrong. Uh, it might not. Um, but either way, uh, it's slightly uh, superfluous um, seeing that this isn't going to go out because it doesn't work very well but it works well enough and we can see each other we can get reactions so uh, it's 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 an interesting experiment and it, it needs to be done um, so uh, first thing uh, let's just say thanks to Mike Novak for being our guest last week and uh, yeah. he, he came on here and he conquered um, and went went away uh, having uh, trounced uh, us in a uh, classic lenses pub quiz um, so well done to that one Mike and I'm not in the slightest bit bitter that when I went back and uh, did the editing um, I came across that section uh, where uh, it was the question about the beer and uh, and um, uh, camera company and stuff like that and um, and there was a bit of a debate over who actually answered uh, that question first and um, and you know could have been was it me was it Mike and um, and we decided it was Mike, but yeah, we're all friends. We don't mind these things anyway. And it's only a bit of fun. Um, and uh, and so uh, on on the edit, I uh, came across it, and guess what? It was me. It was me. I beat I beat him by about a two hundredth of a second. And I said it twice as well because I got my pronunciation wrong first, and I said it right after. So, ooh. <laughs> so um, I'm not saying I was robbed or anything. I was not robbed. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say such a thing. Um, but um, but thank you all the same, Mike. It was it was great. It was great fun. Um, so uh, let's head over to uh, the People's Republic of Hong Kong, Perry. Oh, ouch! <laughs> shots fired. Uh, uh, tear gas shots. Literally. Yeah, we've had a. Oh, we've had a little interesting couple of days in Hong Kong. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone has been following the news with all the virus stuff, but we pretty much don't really have a haven't had coronavirus here for about a month. Uh, but while everyone has been distracted, uh, you know, China's government has slowly been clamping down on everything from, you know, Australian trade to South China Sea territory to on Friday when they just came up and announced that they were going to bypass our uh, constitution and do something that they're definitely not supposed to do and just introduce national security legislation here, uh, which in any other reasonable country uh, sounds like a perfectly reasonable kind of law to have. Um, but when it comes to China, you know, their definition of terrorism uh, is if I say something like Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh, uh, <laughs> bam, we got we got some live, live action ISIS on the uh, Classic Lenses podcast right now. Uh, so it's really tense here. Um, yeah, everyone's kind of freaked out and 
angry and sad and despondent. And there was a big protest yesterday uh, where the cops took about 20 minutes to start firing tear gas. Uh, so, hey, life returns to normal after coronavirus, but gets worse in all kinds of other ways. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. Look, that aside, yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's not, it's not good news. And um, and uh, I remember when we were chatting about this the other day, um, it was one of those things that got buried uh, in the in the UK news. And uh, I, I, it wasn't for the fact that you uh, were chatting about it, I think, to Johnny, uh, that I would have known anything about this. Um, so, uh, yeah, bad news, bad news all around. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, uh, I didn't have the... I wasn't really brave enough to go out and shoot yesterday because I didn't. Well, I went and shoot, but really far away from where the protest was. So I just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but we will, we will, we'll see on that front. So, aside from the looming totalitarianism, uh, what what did I do in Hong Kong? We went shooting. Oh, I have a ghost story. Um, so let's transition from uh, one scary thing, the Chinese government, to uh, another scary thing, um, ghosts. Uh, so last weekend, my girlfriend and I, we went up to what we thought was a temple, um, a place in a kind of remote part of uh, Hong Kong. And it was on a mountain. And it turns out that what we thought was kind of a Buddhist temple slash monastery was actually a columbarium. So, you know, one of those big, oh, wow. uh, yeah, they, they store a bunch of urns there for yeah. people who have been cremated. Um. And now I, I'm not really superstitious at all. And my girlfriend is incredibly superstitious, um, superstitious to the point where I asked her uh, once if she would rather spend one night in an allegedly haunted hotel in Taiwan, in Taipei, uh, the Grand Hyatt, or eat a plate of shit. And without hesitation, without any hesitation, she was like, I'll eat the shit. <laughs> so like full on. Two girls, one cup, like the real thing. Uh, we, we had a <laughs> we had a little bit of discussion uh, afterwards about you know whose shit, how much, like what, what what's the texture. Um, <laughs> so so I mean we'll spare you the details on that, that part of the discussion. So anyway, that's the the context in terms of the mindset we're going in here. So we're we load up our film and we're shooting and. Um, She's shooting with a Konica XR RF and 35 Sumicron, as she always does. Uh, and I had my M3 uh, with, I don't remember what lens, and a uh, my Ricoh GR with me. And then once we started shooting, within about four or five minutes, both of our cameras died at the same time. Uh, her the, the Hexar, it developed an electronic issue, which is quite common, where um, it was the frame counter was resetting back to zero. Um, so, you know, it's one of those cameras that automatically advances the film and there's a little switch inside the door, which sometimes if there's dirt or some corrosion, uh, that switch can, you know, it, it loses its connection and the, and the camera thinks you open the back. Uh, so this, it, it was basically doing this every two frames. Um, and so it thought she was opening the back and it was advancing the film, uh, two frames each time. So obviously that was, you know, pretty unusable unless you want to get like 10 frames on an entire roll of film. Uh, and my M3, uh, the shutter jammed uh, about 10 seconds later. And so, I mean, we couldn't shoot anymore. Wow. We had to, yeah, uh, we couldn't shoot anymore. We had to leave, but now she's, she got all freaked out. 
um, and re- absolutely refuses to go back there uh, and shoot at that that Colin Barry. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever had had. This is the second time that's happened, by the way. We we, we shot at a monastery a, a year or two ago, uh, and my I was using my Nikon F three uh, at that time, and it also just it died instantly uh, once I pointed it inside a temple where I think I wasn't supposed to shoot, and it just died. And then I can't. We walked down the hill, and it was fine again because, you know, weird. Yeah, I don't have any ghost stories involving cameras. Only non-camera ghost stories. <laughs> so, well, the the only times that I've had cameras die on me in the field have been kind of at these monasteries. So, actually, uh. okay, I actually had the only time I've ever had a camera straight up shit the bed on me was in a church. I don't Ooh. know if that counts. And it was no, uh, well, you know, it was still a church, but it was a non-church event. They did, they did other functions in this church. Um, and they had a female priest. So, yeah, probably it was God striking us all down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we, were, um, we went shooting again uh, later in the week um, on, the, on that, you know, holy front. And we were standing in front of a bunch of boats uh, at a waterside area. A really cool scene. And my girlfriend was like, oh, this scene would be really cool if someone walked across it right now. And so she started kind of asking. Um, and she's, she's not particularly religious, but she started asking, like, oh, hey, God, if you can hear me, um, send, us a, <laughs> send us a subject. And then this dude wearing, like, a bright yellow shirt. We're shooting black and white with yellow filters on our cameras. This dude wearing a bright yellow shirt suddenly just starts walking across all the boats. Uh, and then climbing off the boat and going upstairs. And I turned to her and I'm like, yo, yo, you have God's attention. He's doing whatever you want. You ask him for a subject to photograph, ask him to like take down the communist party or something. Go on, do something useful. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. So uh, on, on that day, I did get around four frames on my Ricoh GR in the columbarium. Um, and the camera's still working fine, so I'm I'm in sort of halfway through finishing that role, and my girlfriend's like, I really don't want to look at that for those first four pictures. <laughs> but uh, something something interesting happened out of that, which which Ricardo is kind of having a bit of a field day with. Um, but you know, after the Hexar died, we went back to my house, and I was like, Oh, we got to find you another camera to shoot. Uh, but I don't have any other rangefinders uh 35 millimeter rangefinders that are that have aperture priority other than my x-pan and like i'm not letting you use that so we went through all of my cameras um to find one that she liked and and the one that she settled on the one that she ended up really liking uh was the voigtlander bessa r um she's in love with that thing right now nice. so yeah 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 but the, the great thing about that is it's screw mount right which means that finally I can use my 35 Sumicron because yeah. that is M mount. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, will, and will mount. So uh, I have my Sumicron back um, and I have my sort of set of 39 millimeter filter lenses that I can actually bring out now. But uh, as a result, we had to go through all of my 35 millimeter uh, LTM lenses to find one that she liked uh, to kind of replace the Sumicron on the Bessa R. So I, I take out, you know, a bunch of lenses that I think are good candidates that are at least F2 um, and that I think, you know, are solid lenses. And I lay them out in front of her and I get her to try them in a very, very specific order. 
because the one that I want her to use, the one that I least want her to pick, I put it last, right? <laughs> um, but no, so we go through them and, you know, we I put on the Canon 35mm F2 uh, and she tries it and she goes, mm, it's kind of nice. The aperture ring feels stiff. I don't know what's up with that. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Take that off. Give her the 35 1.8, I think, next. Uh, and she plays with it and she goes, I don't like this focus tab. Uh, the infinity lock's weird and the throw is too long. And so we go down all of these lenses. And then the last one we get to is the Konica UC Hexanon uh, 35 millimeter F2. Uh, <laughs> super rare, black paint, only a thousand made. Um, beautiful, beautiful lens. And she puts that on on the Bessa R. She starts playing around with it and, and her, her eyes just light up and she goes, Yes. This, <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> So, uh, at least it's gonna get some use and love huh well i'm actually really happy about that because you yeah. know it's not it's not in like collector mint condition it has a couple little chips on the paint yeah, and the yeah. more the more worn down it gets the more uh i'm going to be happy with it being used and it's yeah. such a wonderful lens that um we, we went and we went in a shot with it and her first roll with that thing was just phenomenal <laughs> and i showed you guys some of the shots and the stuff she got that was her first time shooting a fully manual camera um, wow. And I was with her, and oh my god, her photos were a way better than, than anything I got. Um, but they were just fantastic, and she just clicked with it. And uh, the cool so, thing was, yeah, sorry. So, those, so those shots with the hexanon, I, I, I think I missed that somehow. No, I sent you guys a bunch of black and white pictures in our chat. Yeah, uh, I just didn't realize they were they were from the hexanon. Yeah, yeah, those were the UC hexanon on the oh, best wow. of R, um, nice. all in one roll of XP two. Uh, That's great, and oh, they're so good. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's cool because, you know, um, that was her first time ever shooting a fully manual uh, camera. I mean, it has a, it has a, a light meter, which helps. Um, but right. one thing that has that happened with that role um, is when she shot the Konica Hexar RF, she would always get underexposed shots. Because, you know, when you're shooting aperture priority, if you have like the sky in the frame or bright light in the frame, you kind of have to know where to meter. Um, yeah. And AEL so that your meter doesn't get thrown off. Um, but with the with the Bessa on fully manual, I, it that didn't happen at all. You know, she was really comfortable just kind of metering off the area she wanted to expose, and and boom, everything was good. Nice. Yeah. So guys, don't shoot aperture priority. Manual is better. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love that camera too. Uh, mine doesn't. My my Batman Bessa does not get as much use these days, <clears throat> but I, I really love that camera. Yeah, it's I mean it's so good, right? The viewfinder is fantastic. It's yeah, light. it's uh, I think right. It's light. It's really nice to carry around. That's the thing that she likes the most about it. I think the uh, well, two things the the fact that it's much lighter than the Hexar, and that lens is also super light. Yeah, um, and has awesome handling, better than the Summicron. But yeah. the other thing that she really likes about it is the shutter sound. Because, you know, she's used to the Konica, which is kind of electronic. Uh, and there's a little bit of a shutter delay when you click it. Whereas with the Bessa, as soon as you hit that shutter button, you just get this, like, really crisp click. Yeah. Uh, so you know the exact moment you took the image. So I think, you know, her timing on her images with that camera are significantly better because she can feel it. That makes sense. So that's... That's pretty much uh, what I've been what I've been up to, or rather, what my girlfriend has been up to, getting better photographs. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, there's there's 
nothing new about your girlfriend getting better photographs than you. There is the Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Let's uh, let's let's hove, head over to old Chicago town. And die. Right. Right. Uh, uh, the sun is shining here. Um, you wouldn't know it. It, it looks as like the, uh, the, like the, the red <laughs> well, we're in the Stephen is, King is room right now. I, I can I can take this off. Um, but yeah, out the windows right here. I pulled the shades down. Oh, just just but, just for the benefit of our, 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 our listeners, um, just uh, we just explain what you just did there. Oh, I have a I have a red filter that I've had over the camera. Yeah. So I, if I remove the red filter, we're magically back in the realm of reality. But I don't know. I kind of like the red filter. It's, it's like cool. being in the sh being in the shining or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's 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 beautiful here. Uh, the raspberry bushes down along the driveway are all greened out. I, who knows if there any pollinators are left alive on the planet to pollinate the berries this year? But we'll find out. Um, gonna rain later. Bees. Yeah, bees. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it works in Chicago. Maybe maybe that's a job that has been destroyed by COVID. Just people walking around. No, no, that's we we've destroyed all the bees with uh, pesticides and shit. So there there's usually in usually in in the summer, uh, you know, you'd always see bumblebees and stuff everywhere, and you hardly see any of that anymore because all the pollinators have been wiped out. So. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if what's going to get pollinated this year, but the berry bushes are coming in, um, and uh, thunderstorms later, and yada yada. That's yeah. That's all the exciting weather is, you guys. There's not anything else. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you taken any photographs this week, Johnny? Um, uh, I have taken a few. Um, nothing that I've developed yet i did do actually yeah that's right uh that was just the other day um i did do a bunch of uh tokarev panos um of uh, uh city stuff like right here in my neighborhood which i've been wanting to do for eight weeks but haven't felt well enough to do uh so i did a little ride around the neighborhood and shot a bunch of stuff um uh, just kind of, you know, local stuff. Stumbled upon a couple of cool things that I have never seen before in the neighborhood uh, that I have pictures of. Um, so, yeah, now I just need to get on to the film developing. So Robbie, uh, Robbie brought me last week uh, with my grocery drop-off. He brought me a couple of gallons of distilled water. So now I can actually process all this film that's been piling up. I've got, I've probably got a good 25 rolls now again to get through the backlog. So yeah, a bunch of stuff. Um, hopefully this week start to get on with the processing. Uh, this isn't film related, but can we talk about that coronavirus beard you've got going on? <laughs> yeah, sure. Wait, can you see it in black and white or in red and white? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so obviously we're doing a, a webcam thing. Yeah. Uh, normally we, we can't see each other, but Johnny has this. It looks like by the time we get to Christmas, he will be uh, yeah. auditioning for Santa Claus jobs. Get it closer to the thing here. Um, it's, you know, the camera's on the, like a down angle. So you're looking up, up my nose a little bit. So it looks a lot fuller than it really is. 
but yeah, it's fairly, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty filled out. It's starting to get like, I can actually pull it. It's long enough. I can pull it. You can ponder now, can you? Yeah, I can, I can, I can properly ponder now like a 51 year old man. And I can say those darn kids and things like that. Yeah. It's, it, I've, I've got to say, it's, this is uh, this is quite a, 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 an unsettling experience being able to see the see the two of you this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, we, we're just going to have to get used to this. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, just um, just to put a bit of flesh on that one. This is this is something that we've we've talked about doing stuff. I mean, we have our own YouTube channel. We never really used it and stuff. Um, oh, I just realised I'm I'm editing this on the fly, and I have to put myself in the picture now. So this is it's all part of uh, an experience of uh, uh, that we're trying to build up because at some point we we may break out um, that you can actually see us uh, more often. So uh, so we're giving it a go, but um, we actually started this show, um, or rather the 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 call between the four of us about uh, three of us sorry um about an hour before we actually got going and, and that's because uh, we got perry set up so we could use his sony um and then we've just just been completely messing around because i'm i'm using my sony camera as well uh which which means that uh, in the case of perry and i we can we can put whatever lens that will fit onto a sony on onto it and use as a webcam and uh and it's just 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 great fun um we should have actually been recording that because the you know perry certainly the the dicking around that perry and i have been doing with lenses has just been great um oh, yeah but uh i've i've settled on the lens that i'm using at the moment and i, I did actually reference this in one of the posts uh, last week and uh because i've got my um asahi kagok oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's an asahi as, oh dear I saw, but yeah, one of those, the Pentax one. That's not a Pentax, <laughs> um, and it's a Takuma, not a Takuma, um, fifty-eight, <laughs> uh, uh, two point four, um, Helio lens, uh, which of course, as we as we learned last week, is the uh, the, the lens of um, of uh, emperors. Um, and I thought, well, if it's good enough for Hirohito, and if he, if that's the only lens that he wishes to use, then that's good enough for me to do a webcam. And I've tried quite a few lenses, but I really like this. It, it works really, really well. So, um, well, there you go. Um, so, um, yeah, go it's also it's also the name of the company that uh, you open this show saying you should have won the quiz. From yes. Mike. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so every every time I look into the camera I I, I see an opportunity lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um uh so have we have we done in Chicago or are we uh are we are we going over to the to the city of Stoke on Trent now or, or is there more, Johnny? No, no, I'm I'm that's that's it. I'm I'm done. So Simon on the whole uh on the whole webcam thing, uh one of the things that that Ricardo has been doing is he's been trying to persuade my girlfriend to shoot more portraits with bokeh in them, uh, which I think it, Ricardo stopped that uh, <laughs> first of all. But specifically, uh, he's been trying to get her to do it with this lens that I'm about to show you. And if we do video, this is something that we can't do with audio, right? Literally yeah. hold up a lens, uh, oh. wave it around, and then put it on a camera and show what it looks like. So if we are going to do webcam-y stuff, 
uh, I'm totally going to use this lens just just to give Ricardo gas. Uh, and I'm going to set up a, a very bokeh-specific background to create as much bokaki as humanly possible. All right. Uh, this lens, by the way, is the uh, Carl Zeiss Jena 51.4 Biotar. Nice. That's lovely. And then just, 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 just to remind remind us there, because that, the lens is larger than I expected expected it to be. So, um, but it, it's it's not. Is it? Is that the one that's not full frame, or is it full frame? It does cover full frame. Yeah, uh, at Infinity, not... there are very, very slightly dark corners. Yeah. Because um, it was originally designed for the uh, Pentaflex. Uh, super is designed for a Super Sixteen movie camera. I think called yeah. the Pentaflex. Yeah. Yeah. But it does. Um, it, does but it does cover. Yeah, and it do, it does look like a conventional lens as well. So uh, that that surprised me. I thought it was going to be a, a, a little bit smaller than that. Yeah, the, the conventional part comes up to this black bit that I'm showing you right now, and oh, then every yeah. this used to be a Pentaflex mount, and everything that is behind here, mm -hmm. uh, this is a uh, conversion to M mount um, with uh, with rangefinder coupling. Um, although it does focus closer than the minimum rangefinder coupling distance, yeah. but. The truly irritating thing about the lens is this is the aperture control. You might want to describe that. Uh, this thing that looks like a focus tab uh, is actually the aperture control, and that's stupid because I always move this thing when I want to focus. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think I'm actually focusing because usually I'm shooting this on my Sony. And, you know, when you go to F18, uh, F16, everything right. looks like it's in focus. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There you go. Uh, but uh but no that's a, that's a it's a it's a really cool looking lens um so uh yeah so what have i been up to um well i shot uh i shot a photograph this morning uh with uh with carl's uh 50 millimeter f 1.4 ltm uh lens um oh cool and uh I'd, i've been eyeing eyeing a shot up for a few days because in in the garden we've we've got uh i mean my wife my wife is a gardener um not just as a hobby that's what she 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 does as well um but she's very much into the the idea of letting things grow naturally and if something pops up somewhere and it looks good then it stays and uh we've we've got we've got things growing between the cracks and the paving and stuff like that including a uh, a nice welsh poppy um that's underneath a, a table um and if we've got it's got some like you know it's it's wrought iron uh this ex this this uh patio table is and uh and every now and again the light works really really well and it, you you can get that mix of um of a highlight on the flower um and a few shadows and then and you know you just you just get that that, that really nice mix between between the two and um and i've been waiting to take a photograph of this because it's just been windy for the last few days and it's been really irritating because i've, I've been looking out, out out the window i can see that's just like gagging to be taken um, and i just can't you know because uh, yeah the uh, wind would never stop you know so um i was gonna ask why you were lining up a shot of a flower for days but you've just answered <laughs> answered my question <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh well let's let's face it i haven't been taking many shots at all so it's um perhaps i'm just psyching myself up to actually take a photograph um so um so that's probably no no bad thing although i was i was actually planning to do it with a large format camera uh because 
um, that's that's really what I've been messing around with uh, most over these last few days, and that um, we talked about it uh, a while ago, well not not that long ago, um, but I bought a Kiev eighty eight um, Hasselbladsky camera, um, so it's a, a Ukrainian made camera that looks identical to a Hasselblad five hundred, and it had the Tiger thirty three. Uh, lens on it which is a 300 millimeter f4.5 and it's a big lens and somebody i can't remember who it was where it was but somebody suggested that it might actually cover uh, 4x5 and I, I free lensed it on a 4x5 camera and it did and i also free lensed it on a half plate camera which is just short of 7x5 or 5x7 um so uh so i decided i, I really needed to make it work on one of my cameras and and I've I've got a I've had a uh, an MPP MicroPress uh, camera for a while now. I bought it uh, at auction. No, no, it wasn't at auction. It was on eBay. Um, it was on. It was faulty, and uh, and I was thinking, mm, I think I can fix that. And not that I'm particularly technically minded, but it, it was. I could tell that it was actually probably a really easy problem to deal with, and uh, I had no idea if the shutter was going to be working on it because it has a focal plane shutter at the back. Um, which means you can attach you know, things like aeroectars or you know, this uh, this Tiger um, 33. So uh, so I got the I got it working and um, and I've now made uh, a, a custom made lens board uh, to to put it onto the camera and um, and that's now uh, that's now operational. But I wanted to use that to take the picture of this poppy, uh, but. Yeah, the, the the circumstances just haven't haven't been there. But I thought, you know, the wind dropped this morning. And I said I'm going to get out there and at least take a shot with with digitally. And uh, and I saw um, you know, Carl's Canon. So that's frankly I can only ever really call it that. Uh, Carl's Canon lens. Um, and I was thinking that's just ideal for this. And uh, I've got it on a LTM uh, helicoid adapter as well, so I can get that little bit closer. Um, and yeah, we, it, it, it worked and uh, more to the point um, what made me uh, smile when I saw the photograph is it popped it had 3D pop um, which, uh, which is which was great <laughs> yeah. you're shooting at 1.4 with uh, most lenses you don't you tend not to get pop but the subjects um, it lent itself to it so uh, so uh, that, 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 that made me smile that was a nice thing to uh, to, to have this morning uh, so the the poppy part of that caption was a intentional pun. Uh, no, it wasn't actually. No. <laughs> no, no, it was just 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 called poppy. Uh, that was it. But it was poppy. The poppy was poppy. So uh, uh, question question for you, Simon. As someone who does not shoot uh, large format, um, when you are dicking around with lenses on large format, which I, I imagine is a lot of fun. Uh, how how much of the lens's character can you actually see on the ground glass? Uh, for me, I can't really see any, um, hmm. and uh, but and and in, in many respects, I'm actually less interested in the character of lenses at this this moment with large format. I'm just I'm just I'm just happy if I can actually take a decent photograph <laughs> with large format. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's that's one of those things about about 
film versus digital, isn't it? Really, um, uh, you 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 get to see a, a character of, of a lens immediately, or a character, not necessarily the character, but a lens can have many characters depending on what medium you you're using it with. Um, but you certainly get a feel for um, for a lens when you when you just put it straight onto a mirrorless camera and and, and look through it, um, which. Ultimately, the, the, the ground glass on a, on a large format camera, it's darker, which is the reason why you, know, you see people using um, a cloth over the head um, so they can actually shade, uh, shade the, the, the light away so you, get a, 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 you can see more contrast and you get to see the image. And not only that, um, when you're actually getting focus on a, with a large format camera, you also tend, and certainly in my case, I will, I will use um, at least reading glasses um, and more likely I'll use a, a magnifying loop. I use a, a four times uh, loop over the section of the photograph I want to have in focus. So you, you think you can see things in focus, but well, some people probably can, but I can't. I, I, I think, yeah, that's about right. And then I have to go in there and, and look at it in, in minute detail, especially if I'm shooting wide open, which uh, certainly when yeah. I'm using this, um, this 300 lens or uh, when I've used an Aero Ektar, um, I want to shoot wide open because I, I want to make the most of that um, very, very shallow uh, depth of field that, uh, that, that, that those longer lenses uh, are going to afford me. So, so two things, two points on that. Um, number one, I, I find that, you, you know how people describe shooting SLRs as a kind of what you see is what you get experience. Uh, I mean, it's true in terms of depth of field and precise framing, uh, but de depending on the the ground glass or the, you know, focusing screen in your camera. Um, I mean, maybe this is something that only lens nerds care about, but the, the rendering of the out of focus area often looks super different uh, when you're looking through the viewfinder versus on the final image, I find. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that, that's, that, I think that's been something that's been um, said quite, quite often, especially with SLRs. Um, I've, I don't think we've really talked. I think Johnny might have talked about this one, once once before, um, because yeah. I mean, there's been some things like you, know, you can see articles. Uh, your your SLR is lying to you, and and yeah. and uh, <laughs> that, that that kind of stuff. I mean, is that something you can you can fill out a bit more, Johnny? No, I well, I, I mean, <clears throat> I would I would just say if anyone's not clear about this, take you know, throw throw any fast lens on a. SLR and shoot it wide open and try to make some mental notes about what it looked like in the viewfinder and then what the image looks like on film and they're not going to match. <laughs> the, de the depth of field that you see in the, in the camera's viewfinder is not going to be what you see on film. Um, well, that's the same, it's, but isn't, the, isn't it the same principle with, with, with digital as well? Uh, what you see on, in, the, in the viewfinder on the DSLR, for instance, um, isn't isn't necessarily exactly the same as what you actually see through the ground glass? Isn't that the same principle? Uh, I, yeah, I guess I guess it would be. Um, I mean, I <clears throat> I I haven't. I don't know. To me, it, on digital, it's not as <clears throat> noticeable because digital is so um, it's so sharp, uh, which I you know it's it has a different look than film does. To me, it's a it's kind of a different thing, um, right? You know, but if I, you're shooting a DSLR, the same principle with the focusing screen applies, right? Yeah, the same the same principle applies. I just don't think that uh, I don't think the difference is as noticeable because 
you know, everything's so much sharper. Um, but I think on film, it's a totally, it's like two completely different things. Um, I mean, and it's, uh, it's easy to see on mirrorless, right? Because you're, you're seeing exactly in real time. Um, but it, to me, it's very, it's a very different experience on a film SLR. And also the focusing screens on DSLRs are not designed for manual focus. Yeah. Right. So when you have more of a kind of matte focusing screen that makes it easier to focus, that can I find that that tends to like obscure some of the bokeh in terms of its like characteristics. Whereas yeah. It, with a yeah. DSLR, it's more of it's a little bit more what you see with what you get because the focusing screen is doing so little. Other yeah. Exa- exactly. But I mean, I like if I really see it on my Minolta's because the viewfinders are so incredibly bright. Um, you know, I I noticed that on my X seven hundred. Probably not long after I started, you know, using it for photography in the late 80s, I was already like shooting things and liking how things looked wide open, not knowing that there was, you know, there was no bokeh term then. But the out of focus areas, I always thought that was really interesting to, you know, play with that. But almost right away, I found that when I shot pictures like that, the photos that I got on film didn't look like they did in the viewfinder. <laughs> I mean, the, the depth of field was much, much shallower. So, you, you know, you take a picture of something uh, looking through it in the viewfinder kind of wide open and you, it, you were seeing much more depth of field than you would get on yeah. the film, you know? So that, I mean, that's when I first started noticing it was, you know, back in high school when I was messing around with, lenses for the first time and just noticing that the final results were not at all like i saw them in the viewfinder so yeah i was, I was just going to say um you uh, you shared a photograph uh, the other day of you uh <laughs> oh yeah in, in, right. in high school and uh, <laughs> I, I i do believe uh, let's 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 have that discussion about what the artwork's going to be this week because i really think that that's <laughs> oh now i see where this is going <laughs> Yeah, the, sure. The, if we all have high school photos we want to share for the cover, we can do that this week. The, the beard, the beard to top of head hair ratio was reversed in that it's picture. Reversed, yeah. It's it's reversed very much. So <laughs> Johnny had a very very full head of hair in that picture. Yeah, I had, I had like I had like the, the the long mohawk flop thing going on at that point. So that's not a mohawk. It's just a really yeah, it was, long it, side. It, it was longer on the sides at that point. It, it had been much shorter uh, on the sides previously, but it's kind of grown out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, um, the, the second point, Simon, on, on what you were talking about earlier with large format and lenses and character and stuff um, is while we were dicking around with lenses uh, on the webcams, I, I put a lens on the Sony that, I thought was going to be sort of soft and mushy and really weird looking uh, for video. And it looked really good. And I was kind of disappointed and, and also surprised because it, it's the first time I've used this lens on the Sony. Uh, it's the Nikkor 51.4, uh, the Sonar for S-mount. I've used it on film. I've used it on my Fujis. And it is crazy soft wide open. Uh, and it really, really punches up as you stop it down. But I put it on the Sony and wide open and, you know, it had tons of character in the out of focus areas, but it was super sharp. And it kind of pissed me off that, like, everything just gets sharper when you put it on a <laughs> Sony a7R 2 Um So it's like this lens is not supposed to be sharp. What are you doing? 
it's 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 been interesting uh, trying trying different lenses because I've I've done a, a, a bit of this in the last week or so, and uh, and there are yeah there are there are absolutely times where you you get what you think you're going to get, and then other things uh, su surprise you. But one of the lenses I did try was my Opton Sonar 50 mil 1.5, which is you know virtually the same lens as the one you're talking about there, and it behaved exactly like I expected it to. So. I just just wonder if it's got something to do with the the lighting conditions that may be around at the time, and it, it's somehow it's it's hitting the sweet spot for you, and you weren't expecting it to. I I, I don't know. I don't know. It just the lenses that I think are soft when you put them on the A seven R two, the crazy resolution just makes everything look sharper. Hmm. I, I found I found that with a lot of lenses. It was just the first time I put this lens on this camera, and yeah. you know. I, I never use this lens wide open because it sucks wide open, but it looks really good yeah. on the Sony, only on the Sony. Yeah. I, know, I know that when I first um, tried to put different lenses on, um, I mean, what was, in, what was important to me is that I wanted to use a fast lens, uh, largely because I wanted to blur out the complete and utter dis mess uh, <laughs> that's, that's behind me in, the, in, in, in this room where I am and that's been one of the reasons why I've actually never gone down this route of actually having a webcam um, so using a reasonably fast lens uh, has always been uh, attractive to me then I was thinking well what focal length and you know the camera's relatively close to me uh, I've got it gorilla podded to the top of my monitor at the moment and uh and I was thinking, I was thinking, what, 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 what can I use, and uh, what, what focal length, and all this kind of stuff. And I sort of decided, well, thirty-five mil might be a, you know, a nice, a nice length, but you know, that was probably going to get too much of the mess in. And could I actually blur it out enough? And uh, uh, but I just happened to have access uh, to a, um, I think a TT Artisans, TT Artisans thirty-five millimeter one point four. And I popped that on and I put it at, at uh, 1.4 and I was knocked out. I mean, it was, I was like, whoa, this looks amazing. Um, and the, the, the depth of field was perfect. Uh, um, it was blowing out what was going on behind. It was, I, I was in focus and, and I could move my head a little bit forward and aft um, without uh, completely going out of focus. And I was thinking, oh my word, I might have to buy one of these, these things. And then... After after around about uh, about I don't know fifteen minutes of it, I was thinking, oh, this is boring. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. just too good, you know. It's 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 tidy. It does absolutely everything perfectly. Where's where's the fun in that? Exactly. Yeah. So so uh, yeah. So that that went off, and um, I then tried quite a few other lenses, and um, I mean, I've I've definitely got my favourite, which is this uh, um, Takamar. Uh, 58 2.4 uh, which I'm, I'm i'm quite pleased with another one i, I like uh, that i've used on it is the um the zenitar m um 51.7 uh, which oh, is that's uh, a good look. yeah which is what i actually started off with um, when we when we first started the chat and uh and that's sweet it's it's really really nice and it's a it's a lens that's um i i did a lot of uh, gear porn shots with this lens um and then for some reason I just stopped doing it. I think I, I don't know if I was stopping doing the gear pull and I just decided to use a different lens for it. Um, but I really, really like this lens. Um, I mean, it, it handles exactly the same as a, as a regular, I don't know, Helios 44-4 or something like that, or even a dash two actually. Um, 
which uh, I'm not particularly a fan of of, of that lens uh, design. Uh, but in this, the, just the images that you're getting out of it, um, they just encourage you to use it. Um, and it's just it's like like when you're talking about your girlfriend. Sometimes you just put a put a lens on, and you think, hmm, there's something about that. And uh, and this one has it too. I'm going to hold it up to the camera there so you can uh, see which which one that is now. So you can see it's just a you know, it's just a completely uninspiring lens. Um, but what it does is, uh, it's nice. And of course it's the, uh, as, as, uh, Cheyenne, who's listening to this at the moment is, uh, is saying it's an Ultron design. It's an Ultron design. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, and they can then start talking about Tronia and, uh, lens designs and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, sweet lens, sweet lens. Nice. Yeah. Um, which, um, that pretty much brings me to the end of uh, what, I, what I've been up to this week. Um, but okay, yeah. So, so this is a perfect segue because we have the combination of you talking about all the stuff in your room uh, and random lenses. Because we have, uh, as you know, with our quiz episode last week, we were kind of talking about different lockdown themed uh, things we could do on the podcast, and one of the things we talked about was grabbing a couple of random lenses or cameras that we either have never talked about on the show or just seldom use uh, and kind of want to use. And Simon sort of refused to do that. Uh, so what Simon has volunteered to do instead is super exciting. And it's that he's going to reach into uh, his lens dungeon and grab two random lenses. Uh, we don't know what they are. And just pull them out, and we're going to talk about what they are. Oh, okay. Well, before before we do that, let me just explain my my refusal to do this. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a true refusal. I just didn't. I just didn't participate in the conversation about it, and, and uh, it became notable notable that I wasn't saying anything. Um, and my 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 hesitance on this to talk about lenses that I don't use is uh, because it goes goes back to an episode uh, of, of the podcast. I don't know, certainly well over a year ago now. And uh, and it was called Unforgotten Lenses. And uh, in that, we talked about lenses that we, we don't use. And it was actually a quite a depressing conversation, really. Um, because it's a case of, well, why do you keep lenses you don't use? You know, and, and, and so on. So uh, so I didn't really want to re revisit that one. Um, so uh, so this, this thought, well, okay, well, how about I dig it? Yeah, was the, uh, my cupboard's within reach. And um, so... Yeah, most of the lens, because I haven't been taking many photographs at all this year anyway, most of the lenses in there um, are lenses I haven't used for a while. So uh, so um, I've got, you can give me some direction on this, uh, because I've got two shelves that I can reach into, Ooh. and uh, and so we can go top shelf or bottom shelf, and we can go left and right and go deep. Um, so um, so do you, want, do you two want to organize yourselves to tell me the direction of of of, of uh, my hand and here's here's my hand now and it's going over there at the moment and it's going to hover so uh, uh halfway halfway between now so uh, you just tell me which way to go up down left and right and how deep and then i'll just pull out whichever johnny's dream come true <laughs> what simon doing something with his hands off camera I, directing his hand so Johnny, Johnny, why, why, don't, why don't you choose which shelf first and then i'll tell him which direction and then you tell him how deep uh so we have how many shelves we have two shelves okay second shelf uh, uh well top shelf or bottom shelf so top uh, shelf top, top shelf. shelf okay yeah 
There's more variety uh, on that shelf as well, by the way. So there you go. Uh, go go towards the uh, go to the right because okay. screw communism. Okay, I'm off. <laughs> I'm off to the right. Okay. <laughs> and right. how 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 deep am I going in there? Um, at the front, middle way, or all the way back? Johnny, how deep? Oh, balls deep. <laughs> okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all the way in the back oh oh, oh okay that that isn't going to work uh, that's a tally converter uh, so, okay um ooh, one, oh no and the, the lens that goes with it won't be there because that's actually been out and this this i'll quickly mention actually this tally converter is a uh tamron sp flat field uh, simon yeah. just stay off camera your bokeh is amazing right now <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just realised I need to put my, put my, yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, that's that's that's, that's lovely. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Um, actually, it's not a teleconverter, or is it? Oh, no, let me just check. I don't think it is a teleconverter. So this is. Uh... Oh come on! It's in the box. Come on, come on! It's stuck. It's stuck. It's fine. There we go. Got it. Um, this. I say this is not a teleconverter. Um, it's an extension tube. It's a, uh, a Tamron extension tube, and it's uh, sp specifically for the uh, Tamron 90mm 2.5 uh, macro, and that enables uh, the lens to go uh, from a um, what was it uh, one to two, and it takes it down to one to one uh, macro. So, uh, um, but interestingly enough, I, I see this. I see that lens. Uh, used and people talking about uh, using it with the flat field converter which is why I actually thought I was taking out and, uh, and it's not and I've never quite got my head around this but I believe if you do use one of the uh, the teleconverters it does exactly the same job as, as the extension um, except the extension is doing it without any optics um, so I'm there thinking well if I'm going to use it as an extension tube or i would far prefer to use something that doesn't have optics in it than a teleconverter that does the same thing so i don't know if you either of you two got any any thoughts on that are uh, you just talking about the one-to-one -one macro yeah the yeah yeah tube? yeah that's it's just it's just a straight through tube yeah well there uh, uh, yeah there's an extension tube but that that mac that converter is specific to that lens you know what i mean it's like yeah. the optics are specific just for that macro lens to get to give you one-to-one -one. yeah what i'm saying this this does this this is just a tube it doesn't have optics whereas whereas i believe if you use a particular teleconverter probably the two times teleconverter yeah um it does the same job but that's doing it with optics and it's also not dissimilar in size as well so it might be a little bit shorter so um it just just seems an odd thing to do where well, i think I, I think i'd prefer to just put some tubes on it. i mean the same same goes uh, with the i don't think they do the same thing though no they no they don't they don't do this they they don't do the same thing that that because that's not really a teleconverter it's mm. a it's a it's a macro converter you know what i mean yeah so it's a it's a little it's a little bit different so they're yeah they're not really gonna they're gonna do something different well, I suppose well, one's going to increase the focal length at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. It's not um, – the tube is not really doing a one-to-one -one in the same way that the that uh, macro extension is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's kind of two different things because the, the, the focus range is 
is different. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, it really, it really helps to have the video where you're, uh, you're, you're, you're waving your hands around. <laughs> this podcast makes so much sense now. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back into that cupboard. So I haven't really started this, have we? So I'll go, I'll go to the same area and see what, what pops out. Let's see. Okay. Oh, okay. And this has popped out. Let's see if I can just put it into the, uh, onto the screen. Ah, Yes. And oh, it's back to front. Oh, there you go. Kieran, um, yeah. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is a Kieran, uh 105 millimeter f 2.8 macro. This must be the, oh, the macro nice. corner of uh, of of uh, oh, just, uh, yeah. It's the macro That's corner a nice, of the cupboard. It's a nice lens. Yeah, it's it is, and it's also uh, in in America. Uh, and this is the uh, the Lester Dine uh, lens, isn't it? Right. Right. Yeah, that's a nice lens. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a funny one. This macro lenses in in, in general, I, I sort of I've I wouldn't say love hate relationships with them, but I I I go I go hot and cold uh, on them, and uh, and this is a it's it's yeah it's a really nice lens, and one of the special things about this lens is it it, it natively goes one to one, whereas uh, the Tamron ninety mil and the um the series one uh vivitar um uh 90mm 2.5 uh, the uh, the Tokina Bokina uh based based one uh, they they want two uh, lenses without the extension and actually that's what I was going to say but I think the extension for the for the uh, the the Bokina Vivitar I think that has optics in it I'm pretty sure it has optics in it um so and that's the bit that confuses me so anybody that's listening that uh understands my uh confusion please uh please write in and uh, <laughs> uh put me out of my misery on that one um which and so yeah so these this this lens it's it's excellent um in fact i've, I've got two of them and I, I need to sell one so one one's a spare um and I, I really don't need a spare because at the moment if i want to go out and shoot macro i, I tend uh, i'm currently really favoring the vivitar um because it's it's just a be beautiful lens um i tend not to use the the tamron anymore i used to use that all the time on micro four thirds uh, but I've never really warmed to it on on the Sony, um, so perhaps that's another lens that uh, has a limited uh, time with me. Um, and again, for some reason, I, you know, I've ended up with two of these things at the moment. And every macro lens I ever have is always on Canon FD mount. It's really irritating. Um, but um, but yeah um, yeah, I I think I need to sell one of these um, because I I don't need them all and. There you go. That's a, that's probably the reason why I've I've not been using them because I've got too many. So someone someone in the podcast group a couple of weeks ago uh, asked for like the clearest, most sort of layman uh, explanation of what one to one macro actually means. Uh, and I'm wondering if you guys have you know your go to way of explaining to someone what that actually means because the way I I always explain it without getting into optics and magnification and all that crap is like if you have a subject that is the same size as your sensor then it will completely right. fill the frame right at one-to-one -one. right yeah it just it just means it's the 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 object is the actual it's at its actual size 
on your you know sensor or film. Yeah, like if you right. had a if you had a two meter by two meter piece of film or a sensor um, that was right. huge, like the size of a human, then one right. to one macro on that format, you would be the same size on the negative yeah. as it, right. You'd be life. right. You'd be you'd be you'd be light real life size. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, those 20 by 24 Polaroid portraits, the Elsa Dorfman stuff. I mean, it's not exactly that, but you, you, you get where I'm going with it, right? It's similar <laughs> to that. It's closer to life size. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard any, uh, anyone describe those as one-to-one macro. <laughs> no, no. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you, yeah, yeah. you uh, theoretically, if you made that, you know, even bigger, you'd get close to life size on that film yeah well that well that's something that on the large format photography podcast we had a a chap in called peter defty um and he uses and we actually we have touched upon this but he he uses an old process camera um and i think the the i think the film is like 20 inches in one direction and uh and he's just doing face head-on face shots and that's 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 all they are so i think the actual negative size is quite possibly larger than one-to-one so the actual uh, the image that is produced uh, natively on on film is is larger than the subject that it was actually taken um and, mm. uh, and those are i mean i've every time i see uh, large format macro shots or in this case just native one-to-one the the the, the detail and I don't know. There's, again, there's just something special sometimes about about large format. But it's it's just effortless detail. That's that's that that seems to be the difference. Whereas um, I mean, we we like uh, full frame, or certainly I like full full frame larger because I haven't got to expand it too large, and therefore you you don't get as no, as much noise in the photograph in the out of focus areas when you're viewing it on the monitor and i've always got to say when you're viewing it on the monitor because basically when you actually print these things that noise tends to go away um you know i've, I've seen micro four thirds printed huge relatively speaking and all the noise that would have been jumping out at me just wasn't there um but uh but yeah with 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 large format you know you're starting off with a, a large negative in the first place it just it just it, when you when you're enlarging it it's just it's just effortless it's really hard to explain yeah so uh so yeah and, yeah go on, and and just kind of to belabor the point that's really what that um that can that converter for your bokina it's really a life-size adapter which essentially it is a teleconverter um, but it, I mean, it's mated, it's, it's optically, it's mated for that lens specifically to give, you know, very high quality results and you don't alter the working distance like you would with just a, a tube. Right. Um, but that's really what that's intended to do is to be a life. It's a life size, life size teleconverter. Right. Okay. So you just, you just said something there. So. Are you, are you saying then that you would put on the on the on the Vivitar on the Takina you you put that matched uh, yes. converter yeah. on there and right. you're still capable of getting infinity is that right? Uh yeah well yeah well it's not cha- yeah it's not changing the the working distance of the lens right which is what a a lens tube would do yeah um it's 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 just it's giving you the ability to focus in at you know life size one to one 
essentially. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. Okay, that, that, that's yeah. that's got more point to it. It's certainly yeah. Uh, you should definitely yeah. give it a shot. That's that that's super cool that you got it. No, no, I don't. I've just I've just got the I say I've just got the tube for the for the tap. Oh, right? I see. So, okay. Yeah, and of course, yeah. I was saying that the the Kiron, um is is straight through one to one natively, and I know that um, I think it's the the yeah the Viviton ninety mil two point five by Comine uh, or Comine. Um, that's native one-to-one as well. Um, and I've yeah. used that one as well, but the, um, that's that's never quite done it for me, that lens. And I've, I've got to say, this this, this Kiron 105 2.8, it's a lens I tend to respect rather than love. Um, whereas I picked that Vivitar 92.5 and I think, oh, it's just, you just put it to your eyes. You know, it's like your girlfriend, you know, you just put it to your eyes and it's just wonderful. Yeah. So, okay, so... Uh, so let's let let's go for the let's go for the next lens. All right. Where where shall I go this time? Uh, go go to the weird part if you have one, but go to the bottom shelf this time. Okay, bottom shelf. Okay, and uh, Johnny can give me the directions from from there. Uh, let's go. Let's go right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And like halfway, halfway. Uh, well, I've got I've got it now. I've. Uh, well, actually, anything more than halfway doesn't really bring out a lens. So, uh, so yeah. Now here's a, here's a lens, and uh, and guess what? It's a macro lens. And How many macro lenses? Yeah. Like a theme here. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, oh, and so yeah, macro lens, and um, so you yeah, so you know, you already know it's an FD mount lens, and uh, and this will be an FD mount lens anyway because it's uh, it's a Canon lens. And uh, and it's got one of the, it's got a built-in tripod mount. Whoa. I say built-in tripod mount. It's uh, it's not really built-in, but it, it's uh, it, it's one of those lenses that comes with a tripod mount. That you, it tends to be with a, a larger lens uh, would have a tripod mount. But um, this is, uh, in my opinion, one of the the best lenses I've ever used. Um, I've not used it for a while, um, but it's certainly not one of those lenses that um i would let go it's um it's it's an incredible lens and it's the uh <clears throat> canon 200 millimeter uh fd f4 macro um and it's it's brilliant it's it's an absolutely stunning lens i mean i a few few weeks ago it's auction I, I i got quite excited because i picked up a canon fd 200 uh 2.8 and i was thinking that's cool and uh, and then i thought to myself yeah but I've, I've already got my macro and it's amazing do i really care um, because that's one of the things you, know, you at 200 mil, you don't 4.5 is still going to give you a, a, a you know, a, a shallow depth of field, whatever you're going to be doing with it. Um, so really the only advantage of the 2.8, in my opinion, is you're going to have a brighter focusing screen if you're using it. And seeing that I'm almost certainly going to be only using it on, on my Sony, um, yeah, that that speed doesn't that that drop in light transmission just doesn't really matter because I can it, it uh, compensates for it automatically. And I've used this lens um, <clears throat> as a macro lens, as you as you might imagine. Um, but I've also used it as a general lens as well. And, um, and there are some macro lenses out there that are absolutely specifically optimized for close close work. Um, but this does the long stuff as well. It's it's great to infinity. I've taken it. Uh, I can remember using it at a beach, 
um, a few years ago and uh, my, my two boys had gone out onto the sand and it was freezing um, but they were they but they were at the seaside so they have to go um, and uh, I used it to take some shots of them at, at, at the beach and and there were it was where the beach was that the, the sea was a long way away um, and I slapped on the 200 mil and um, and just got some really nice you know sort of mm. those compressed uh, looks of them and uh, and they were still isolated because I was shooting the thing at f4 at you know not it wasn't infinity but it was a damn far way away and it was still being able to actually isolate them and yeah the sharpness is good the contrast is good it's just a, a brilliant all-round lens yeah how how many macro lenses do you guys own? Because or do you still, do you own Simon? I, I only have one. <laughs> um, well, okay. So what what have I got here? So I've got as we said, I've got two Kiron um, ninety two point five. Oh, sorry, one hundred five two point five. Which yeah, I I definitely don't need two. Um, so I've got the four. Uh, sorry, the two hundred macro. Which that's the other thing. A two hundred mil macro. It's 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 great having 200 mils of macro because uh, if you're going to be taking pictures of i don't know dragonflies or something and they they can get a bit skittish when you when you get a, bit, get a bit close to them i can still get i can fill the frame it's in fact it's, it's one-to-one this lens is one-to-one at 200 mil so yeah. um i can get really really cool. big detail yeah. and keep away from them as well um yeah so uh so yeah there's the aforementioned uh vivitar um uh, 90mm 2.5 stunning lens um and then there is because obviously there's more um the i, I suppose you know is the is the vivitar 135 2.8 close focusing is that class as a macro lens maybe i think that goes to one to two maybe um and then there's the vivitar I seem to like Vivitar macro lenses. Uh, the Vivitar 55 millimeter uh, 2.8, also by uh, Comine. Um, so, uh, so that they they mine. How about you, Johnny? Uh, that, jeez, oh, I I think I only have a couple of macro lenses. One is the one that you just mentioned. I have uh, the Vivitar 55 2.8. Um, yeah. In I think M42, I have it, uh, which is a really cool lens. I mean, I. I'm not a connoisseur of macro lenses, but that one, that one does it for me just fine. Um, and I think the only other true dedicated macro lens I have, believe it or not, uh, is the Olympus Pen F, uh, 38 millimeter, I guess it's a 3.5 macro lens, which is a stunning Whoa. lens. It's a Stunning lens. I have some. I have some shots of it that I did on the Fuji somewhere, of uh, you know bugs in the garden kind of thing. And it's it's like it is a stunning lens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those are the only two ma actual true macro lenses I own. I've never seen one of those in real life. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's 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 tiny as you would expect. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's lit. It's lit. I mean, it's a it's a. It is what it is. It's the the macro lens for the Olympus Pen F system, um, and yeah, it's really cool. It, it's one of those lenses. Like when I was hardcore buying like Olympus Pen F stuff, I I couldn't believe that it that I found it and I got it at a really really good price. I mean, it was kind of before the prices on that stuff went nutty. Um, so I yeah, it just kind of popped up and I I I had to get it. I mean, it was like 
I don't think I'd ever even seen one listed before. Um, I didn't, I don't even really, I didn't really need it. I just got it because <laughs> it was, yeah. it was what it was, you know. I'm just, just looking at this uh, Vivitar uh, 135 2.8 close focusing. And I think one, I mean, I've, I've used, I had one of these and I sold it. And then, and then I picked one up again, and I was thinking, I'm not going to sell this one uh, because the other one was just, just, just great. And then, so this has just languished in the cupboard ever since. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, but one of the things I really like about it is that the fact it calls itself close focusing. It does not call itself macro. And, well, yeah. And it right. has a proper macro scale, and well, it, it actually is a one, one to two macro lens yet it still doesn't cover it you know it doesn't call but itself I, macro and it's a 135 that, that, uh, but so many lenses were made back in that era that had a macro focusing capability like i have at least three or four zoom lenses like that mm. where they've got a macro focus they say close focusing or macro focusing um so i mean they're not truly macro lenses but they you know they focus close enough that you start to get into like the one to two range um yeah, yeah but, but this is this is the thing this this focuses as close as a as a tamron macro and 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 the bokina yeah it, it's it, it's just as close and uh and yeah. it's a longer focal length as well yeah but i mean it was you know what i'm saying it's like that became part of the marketing of those lenses in that era kind of that late 80s Oh yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's that really is is my point. That yeah, you know, there are so many. Yeah, you know, like the the Sigma Mini Wide. You know, that, yeah, that, right, exactly. Macro, yeah, it's got macro written on it, and yeah, it's yeah. got a, it's got a good close focus on it. It's yeah, but it, it's not a macro lens. Right, it's, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. marketing. Yeah, yeah. But this is uh, in my. Yeah. You know, I don't think you can argue. I don't think there be many people arguing that. Uh, yeah, well, unless we're saying that one to two isn't macro, some people would say that one to one is where macro starts, um, and I'm, I suppose technically that that's probably true. But I think for you know most people, when you're actually using a macro lens yeah. for just general use, I mean, I've I've found that I I I rarely get anywhere close to uh, needing one to one. One to two is usually is good enough for almost everything I actually want to do. Yeah, uh, right. For macro stuff. <clears throat> Yeah. So well, well done, Vivitar back in that day. It's actually quite a light lens as well. Um, surprising, really. But um, but yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a it's a really really good lens. And uh, and that wasn't one of the ones we were going to talk about, were we? So <laughs> um, <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about the uh, the, the the Canon FD. Um, but it's what? you've derailed your own lens highlight. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that's um, so. Is that is that uh, is I, I can't. When, when we were talking about this, we were going to do two lenses. Um, so is 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 that the end of what's in your cupboard, or shall I go in? Or shall I go in for a bonus lens? Uh, I, I'm I'm good either way. Feel free to grab another one. Um, I, I have a random lens in my hand that I actually want to ask you guys about. Uh, one that I've never used. Uh, so either Simon, if you want to, if you want to grab a third lens, go ahead. Okay. Um, otherwise, I'm going to show you this thing. Okay. So, um, so do, give give us some direction. Oh, go top shelf. Yeah. Uh, right in the middle. Yeah. Oh, middle, middle, middle. Yeah. Yeah. And then Johnny, tell him how deep. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Just put the tip in. 
<laughs> okay, okay, and there we go. Um, I mean, the 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 fact that things are uh, just at the at the, at the front of the shelf uh, means that there's, a, there's a higher chance of it being used, and uh, and I've got to say this this did get used this week. Um, oh wow! Yeah, um, but for the aforementioned reason of, of uh, just trying it out as a webcam, um, and it's oh. uh, and it's the uh, my super Takamon oh. um, with a hood as well to make Johnny happy. Um, yes, fifty millimeter, one point four, super actually super multi coated uh, Takamar, so radioactive with eight blades. Um, yeah, proper and, hood and uh, all, huh? That's it. So um, I really like this lens, um, and I don't use it anywhere near enough. But it's just got one of the nicest um, focus rings of any yeah. lens. It's just beautiful. It's perfectly yeah. weighted. Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, when and it's it, it's radioactive. It's a bit thorated. It's a bit. Uh, it's a little bit on the on the yellowy side of the spectrum. Well, I've I've de-yellowed it to a to a large degree, um, but uh, whenever I use it, and if I do do a comparison between this lens and a, and another fifty one point four, I always like the look. I like the fact that it has actually got that that extra bit of warmth uh, in mm. it. It's almost like a very very mild warming filter, and it and it and it works really really well. But uh, when I put it onto the um, onto my camera to use as a webcam uh it was lovely it looked it looked great but i've, I've got to say almost everything i've actually used on uh, to use as a webcam everything has looked good um and i, and I think at the end of the day when you when you look at webcams uh, and there's plenty of webcams that you see on the news and the interviews and, and 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 so on at the moment and they all look rather pretty much the same you know this 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 wide angle view everything's in focus and uh uh, and then when you actually can put a proper lens on and uh, and you can blur the background and you can uh, have focus exactly where you want it, although you've got to stay put. Uh, if you move too far forward or too further back, then you, you're going to take yourself out of focus. Um, but there's it's, it's, that, it's that novelty factor. But as I say, it's when I tried that TT Artisan lens the other, the, the other day, it was brilliant for about 15 minutes. And then I got bored of it, whereas... All of these classic lenses that I've been using, well, almost all of them, um, they've just they've given something to the look. You know, you can see that um, that 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 character of, of of a given lens, or in some cases, it's just literally a it's the focal length of a lens. You're going to get a similar kind of look with focal length, um, but you know, different lenses have got different character, and you you're looking at effectively a a sort of unprocessed image um, so you're not really boosting the the contrast or anything like you would do in in post-production so would, would the would the yellowing on that lens have a similar effect to like an 81 b filter uh, is it well is, is that a warming filter or is that a tungsten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a warming filter yeah I, th I think it would do. i mean just to some degree it's it's it's, it's going to be a very mild effect and on, on on this particular one but i've seen i've seen these lenses be far more yellow uh, than mm. the, the the mine. I, th I think my my Konica uh, fifty seven um, uh, one point two. Um, that's a little bit more yellow than this. And uh, actually, that's a point. An Anthony Cronin uh, posted some pictures with five hundred T Kodak five hundred T in our uh, Facebook group uh, this mm. week, um, and uh, and they were taken with his. 57 1.2 and i asked him the question because i was yeah the balance was right and all this and all these 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 things and i asked him if his was uh yellowed and uh his is actually it was actually pretty clear 
Um, so, uh, so I was wondering if that would actually work well with uh, with Sinistil or something. Well, not with Sinistil, but that's or would it actually? Yeah, it's the anti-halation layer that's been taken away, hasn't it? But yeah, it's yeah. still tungsten balanced, even though the uh, the the halation layer has been removed. So uh, yeah, there are certain types of film that, or, or certain slide films that I would imagine, like a, a yellowed radioactive tacmore would actually look really nice on, like better. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah. I can't remember what kind. I, someone told me at some point to use warming filters with a certain kind of color film, and I, I can't remember what kind of film they were talking about. But I just wonder if a yellow Takamar would have a similar effect because my, my 5518 Takamar is starting to go a bit yellow. Hmm. I'm thinking it's pretty nice, actually. The colors are great. Johnny, do you have any I, idea I, what kind of film? I, uh, no, I mean, I think it. I think for a black and white film, that Takamar, it's going to be – more effective than on color film, you're going to get more of just a yellow. A, they tend to just look warmer. You know what I mean? I mean, it to me, it would be more akin to like an 81B filter, yeah. which I, I tend to use an 81B on most of my vintage lenses if I'm actually shooting film. Like I, oh, here's an example right here in front of us, kids. Um, let me unscrew the lens bit so we can... No, I can't. It doesn't want to come off. Anyway, um, wait, I mean, so I have uh, the omatic, <laughs> the Petri. So this lens, because it says right here, I don't know if you can see that. It says color corrected. So it's uh-huh. meant to be used with color film. And I really like the 81B on here because um, the the color kind of profile of the lens is already – let's call it unique. And then you put in an 81 B on there, which warms it up. I don't know if you can see how warming that is, but it warms it up a little bit, right? Yeah. A little bit yellow. Um, so it, 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 it warms up the lens even a bit more. And I, I love the effect. It's almost like some of the colors tend to get a little bit pastel. Um, even on, even on like just straight up, like, um, uh, you know, straight up like Fuji 400 film. So like any color, any color film I use this camera with, hmm. with an 81B, it tends to give it that kind of more pastel-y color look. It would be really cool to try this out with slide film. <laughs> I have no idea yeah. what it would look like. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, 81B filters just in general. Well, especially, you know, with vintage lenses. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so Perry, do you want to do you want to talk about this mystery on un, unused lens that you that you have there? Well, I I, I don't really have anything to say about it because I've never used it, but I have heard Johnny and Cheyenne uh, talking about it recently and how it's you know the best of its kind. Um, so I don't know if you can recognize what this is here. Oh, yay! Yes. Oh, you're not going to believe what I'm going to show for my lens choices, Perry. <laughs> okay, this is uh, a Schneider uh, Retina Xenar 52.8. Uh, I have it. Yeah. It's on a DKL to like an M adapter right now, so I can use it on my Sony, uh, but I've never used it. And uh, apparently, you guys say it's the best Tessar. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a nice lens. Is that an oxymoron? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I don't have anything to say about this lens. It's just I've never used it. That's awesome. Yeah, there you go. 
So why what what makes you guys say that this is the best? These are the best Tessars are Xenars. Uh, you know, I I think it's something. Um, I to me, it's a, again, it's a color thing. Like I, I really like my my Zenar lenses. They like I. There's something about the way they reproduce in color that's really really pleasing. And I think it's more of a Schneider thing. I don't know if it's the coatings, but I I think it's like I mean even the um. Even like so, another lens I have right here in front of me. Uh, Perry, this, that was a this, professional bit of cleaning that just yeah. just went on there by professional by, lens cleaning that just happened because yeah, yeah, I don't have any blow. caps on them. But um, this is the uh, the famous. Oh yeah, there you go. The one serial number off that me and Perry have. That's um, right. So this lens again, the color rendering on this lens. This is the. Uh, the uh, Schneider Xenon, the uh, 50 F2 for the exact yeah. yeah, the tiny exact lens. And the color rendering on this lens is just incredible. Um, it's very nice. Yeah, it really is. So to me, I don't know. I think it, it's just a, I think it's a coatings things with, with the Schneider lenses from that era. I think that just they had, you know, the, whatever they were doing coatings wise, I think it just, um, I think it gives them that kind of extra push in the right direction or something to make them really beautiful. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because, you know, the people who like Schneider lenses, you know, you like them. Cheyenne loves them. Ricardo's got a huge boner for them. Um, right. I mean, people who like Schneider lenses just swear by them. You know, yeah, I think a lot right. of color, but, yeah. but also the way they're built. I can't think off the top of my head of any particularly ugly or poorly built Schneider lenses. They're just, no. they're just like little bits of jewelry. There you go. Here's another one. Ooh, exacta. Is that a Xenon as well? One one point nine. Yes, and it's the the weight of this lens. It's so it's the the semi auto aperture thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's got it's got the little window. Um, I don't know if you can see the little depth of field window oh, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So Super I mean, cool. just like the build quality, the focus smoothness. I mean, it's incredible. Now, of course, any it seems like all Schneider lenses from this era. They tend to age. They're like they're like lights lenses. They tend to age not so well in terms of haze. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, I mean, it's but it's just a it's just a gorgeous lens. Um, and the apertures, I, I don't know if you can. Probably that's not going to show up. Oh yeah, oh, I, guess I can it see. Is. It. So go ahead and count them, right? Simon, you have that one too, right? I, I I do, but uh, I only have half half the aperture blades by the looks of it. Oh no! So uh, Mike Novak has this lens. There's a, a zebra version of this lens that Mike <laughs> Novak has because we were just talking about it this week. Um, but yeah, this this thing weighs a good. It's got to weigh at close to two pounds. It's a ridiculously heavy lens. It's an absurdly heavy lens. <laughs> so, is it, is it true that Schneider lenses are most prone to Schneideritis? Uh, I I don't know, but I mean that you know they, it's the, that's the namesake. So I you do see it with a lot of Schneider lenses. Simon, like is, it, is it really large common? Format. In large format? Yeah, large format. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, I mean it. Certainly, I've I've come across them in in, in large formats, um, but uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I've seen more of them uh, than than other brands. I mean, the uh, first time I encountered Snyderitis was, was was with the Canon, 
um, a 35, I think it was a 35 millimeter uh, Canon lens, and I was wondering what all the dots were. I think I've seen them on um, Carl Zeiss Jena lenses as well. Um, yeah, there's a there's a, a few of them. It's a, it's certainly um, not uh, actually. You know, there's. I think somebody talked about rodentstockitis as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and, uh, and they're saying, well, you know, Snyderitis is bad, but it's not as bad as Rodenstockitis. So you can go into some kind of sketch then about just how, how bad uh, yeah. uh, a particular brand's itis is. I, but I would, I would have to say, I, I've seen very few Schneider large format lenses that don't have Schneideritis. Mm. <laughs> it's, it seems like it's really common. But I mean, yeah, it's, a lot of lenses get it. It's not. Yeah, some lenses are just prone to it because of the. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't affect anything, so no, you know. just looks bad, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's just it's the lenses that have got a, a relatively large front aperture, and then yeah. and then I think it's probably more like the wider angle lenses as as, as well because they um, they like think about the the shape of them uh, with the front element as being relatively large and then and yeah. go smaller and smaller and smaller and therefore you can actually see behind the lens a, a little bit right. as in like you can almost like see the barrel uh, but you can't see the barrel because it's been it's been blacked out and it's that paint that you can see that's behind the element or i think it's behind the element uh, it's it's at uh, the edge of the element yeah yeah and uh, and that 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 comes comes away otherwise if if that black wasn't there you'd actually see the uh the, the metal barrel i think be behind right. the element so uh so you know more, the longer lenses tend not to have that that sort of uh cone uh, re reverse cone design um of the of the wider lenses so therefore it doesn't really affect those mm -hmm. i think cool okay so i i might i might use that uh xenar probably not um, it came with my retina. <laughs> it, it came with my it came with my retina and uh, I, I don't. I thought I don't, the whole point was we had to use these lenses. Oh, okay, maybe not. It, it, if that's the case, then the second lens that I grabbed for this exercise is much more up Simon's alley. Speaking of wide angles, um, I've been shooting a ton with uh, twenty eight millimeter and wider lately, um, twenty one and twenty eight to be exact. And I picked up actually a couple of really weird twenty eight millimeter lenses. But this one, we've we've only talked about this lens on the context episode uh, that Simon and I did while Johnny cleaned your house in the background. <laughs> uh, but but I I think this is the I think this is the best twenty eight millimeter lens I have by by quite some distance. Uh, Simon, you should oh, recommend. Yeah, nice. This is the uh, context Yashica mount uh, Carl Zeiss Distagon twenty eight. Uh, f2.8 not the f2 hollywood because that's about this long mm. uh in by comparison oh i mean you were talking simon about smooth focus rings uh the takumars are probably the uh, among the best out there but oh this is i mean this is just this is just so nice yeah i, I just on on the subject of yeah the tactileness or tactility if that's even a word of uh of focus rings um my uh uh, my reference uh, lens that everything gets judged against, and I've said this before, is my uh, Colzeiss Planar 51.4 uh, of the same era as, you, as you've, you've got there. And I find that is that has the perfect balance. Um, yeah. Although I actually think that the um, that the Pentax is actually nicer, even though 
it's not mm-hmm. my reference. Um, a good, yeah, a good Takamar is just just perfect. But also, um, I think it needs to be uh, mentioned um, that uh, Minolta lenses um, they've they've got great focus rings on them as well. Yeah, and, they do. And whereas um, the the Pentax lenses and the Minolta lenses, they seem to stay good forever. Um, yeah. I rarely come across lenses of those that nature that they haven't got great focus rings now um that's not yeah. quite the case with the with the contacts lenses um i've definitely come across the fact i've got i own some myself that they're not consistent in their uh, in their damping um some are better than others um yeah. so uh, but yeah yeah a lot of praise out there to pentax and to minolta in particular um because yeah. they 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 really knew what they were doing this uh this particular lens is phenomenal though i mean it's <laughs> It's rendering its sharpness, its contrast is just out of this world. And it focuses super, super close, uh, down to 25 centimeters. So it's one of those lenses where you can almost touch your subject with it. Uh, but you don't have this particular one, right? No, I've, I've, I've had, I've had it, I've owned it. Um, as, as, as is well known, I'm not a fan of uh, 28 millimeters as a, as a focal length. Um, I like 35 millimeter. I like 24 millimeter, and. Um, I had the opportunity to pick up a 25 millimeter uh, Zeiss, um, and that's that's the lens I would use in, in, in instead of those in, instead of that one. Although the story goes that the 25 millimeter is is a 26 millimeter focal length, and the 28 millimeter is a 27 millimeter focal length. Why would um, they do that? Um, so I've never had the two side by side to just to do that visual check, but that's that's something that I've heard said. I've also heard it said that the um, the 28 millimeter is optically superior uh, to the to the 25, um, but. Yeah, the twenty-five sounds better, doesn't it? So uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> why? But if if the twenty-eight, I mean, if that if that rumor is true and they're one millimeter apart, why would they make two separate lenses? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I mean, they do it with ZM as well, but the the difference between the difference is fairly noticeable. I I, I don't know. I mean, there's going to ultimately it's going to be down to to lens design. Is that is that story even true? Um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. So uh, like I said, I've never done never done head to head. It'd be interesting if there's anybody out there that owns those two lenses that can um, stick it onto a tripod and take two photographs in a in a, in a type of shot that will show up the difference uh, between them. And uh, <clears throat> the problem is, it's like what you use as, as a reference lens, um, uh, you know, is, you know, and that's, that's the thing with lenses. We know that uh, lens manufacturers over the, over the decades and years have, have lied to us um, as to what mm-hmm. these, these things are. And they would, uh, they would round them up or they would do things for, for marketing purposes or, or, or whatever. I mean, and certainly Zeiss have got, or at least Cole, Size Jena have got history on this with the with the Flectagon, but there's no way that's a 35 millimeter lens. Um, and uh, you know, I I'm I'm insistent that it's a 37 millimeter lens. I can't prove it, but I'm pretty damn sure it is. Um, so that's two millimeters different. So who knows? It could be just when they were designing it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Did, did somebody slip with the slide rule? Um, not sure. You know, it, it, speaking of speaking of marketing uh, and Zeiss, they. You know the the rangefinder lenses. Most of them are a biogon designation for the wide angles, um, with a few exceptions. But f- to me, when I see the word distagon, 
on any lens, I instantly get a bit of a boner because I know it's going to be an unbelievable. There are no bad Distagon lenses. I actually yeah. don't know a lot yeah. of that design, but they're just all so freaking good. The 21 Distagon was one of the first uh, wide ultra-wides I tried in manual focus, and I was shooting Canon L lenses at the time. It just blew away the the whatever wide-angle L lens I was shooting. Um, the 35 1.4 Distagon is just phenomenal. So that yeah and there are no bad distagon lenses i I just stand by that claim right yeah i I can't i can't uh dispute that i have the 50 millimeter distagon for for hasselblad and it's a a truly superb lens oh yes where is the 50 millimeter flectagon not so good so is there a 50 millimeter flectagon for a hasselblad no pentagon six Okay. 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 So, uh, same, exactly the same format, effectively, um, but um, hugely prone to flare uh, compared to the uh, to the fifty mil um, to compared to the Distagon. Um, and I've I've shot the Distagon in directly into the light on slide film and got good results out of it. It's a it's, stunning lens. It's not flare. It's a layer of communist propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I all right. I'm um, sorry, Johnny. Did you mention that you actually had random lenses that you actually did this? I uh, did what? Uh, when I brought out the uh, the Schneider Zenar, you were like, "Oh, wait till you see the lens that I grabbed." Oh yeah, well yeah, my my um, un, unused lens choice is surprisingly similar to yours, so <laughs> and fits in well with the conversation, <laughs> so. Um, I've been playing with this camera off screen down here uh, throughout the podcast, but uh, let's see if we can we can see what that is. Um, <laughs> Another battery. <yeah. laughs> but look at the lens, right? Oh, wow. oh the Kurtagon. Yeah, and of course it is my favorite M42 camera of all time. <laughs> Wait, the is, is that on a... But yes, yeah, so... Um, unused lens on an unused adapter. This is the um, last year I got the uh, the Yinon M42 to uh, DKL adapter that has the aperture, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's got so it's got the aperture ring right there, so you can control the aperture on the lens. Um, it's a beautifully made adapter. You would, I mean, even like if you can see the knurling, the way they did the. Uh, on the oh, adapter, yeah. I mean, it looks exactly like a DKL lens. Like yeah. you can't, nice yeah, you can't even really tell that it's an adapter when you just kind of look at it, you know, on the camera. Um, so I, I got this adapter and I've had the lens and I've never used either one. And I love this camera. I, I, I love this camera so much. Um, I, every time I fire it, I'm afraid it's the last time the shutter's ever going to fire because it's a Petri. Um, <laughs> But it's, I mean, look, wait, look, I don't know if you can hear how quiet this is. It's, it's the quietest yeah. SLR I've ever used That's without, really nice. without a doubt. Um, and it's got, and in like, watch the, uh, watch the, the shutter speed dial turn. So it's, it's, it's this uh-huh. weird hybrid of like, it's got all these features that are very range finder ish. Yeah, that um, looks like something up, uh, like a Nikon S or uh, one totally. of those. Yeah, so it's and it's you know, front button shutter release right there. Simon's favorite. 
So it's got all these features that I just, I adore this camera and it's heavy. It's really nicely made. Um, it's in that, that brief moment in time when Petri was making like super high quality stuff. Um, you know, right, like late fifties, early sixties. Um, so it's, it's just a beautiful camera and it works knock on wood and I've got the adapter and I've got the lens. So I've been dying to use this thing again. So I'm going to take it out this week. Um, so my other lens, <laughs> this kind of doesn't count because it won't be in my cupboard until probably tomorrow. <laughs> Shouldn't so, touch your face, dude. Huh? Shouldn't touch your face, dude. Oh, uh, this this stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, in a in a moment of late night uh, stress, desperation, and uh, uh, overall anxiety as I've had many nights like that uh, recently. Um, I, I was just poking around on eBay and for $30, <laughs> it's like the only money I've spent on anything other than survival for, you know, several months. Um, I, I got the, uh, the 45 millimeter 2.8 Xenon. So, the, so basically another, I, I have a DKL 45 millimeter two eight Xenon on the way that I'm going to oh. pair up with this 28 and I'm going to use both of them this week shooting this camera. And I'm, I, like I should really stop whining and firing this camera because probably by the time <laughs> I get film in it, it's not going to work anymore. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be heartbroken. Uh, but that's my plan is I'm going to, I'm going to finally use the, the adapter with a couple of DKL lenses on this camera. And I mean, I don't know if you can see like size wise, how nice that yeah. it just, yeah. Like the, yeah. I mean the size, the fit, like everything is just like the DKL lenses are so nice on this little Petri. Um, so I'm, I'm really psyched to get out with, with this camera and those two lenses. I didn't know they made a 45 2.8 Tessar in DKL. I mean, I've seen the pancake one for, um, for yeah. CY mount, but yeah, uh, it, it, it actually, the camera that it came on was, um, that weird one twenty six format, uh, oh, yeah. retina yeah. SLR. Um, Ooh. yeah. So, it's a it's a weird it's kind of but it but it's a it'll co it covers full frame right so i mean it's like a weird lens that that you know it's dkl it didn't necessarily i don't know if they ever really marketed it as a lens to go with their um other thir their 35 millimeter slrs but it I mean it, it it's on the 126 slr and it's dkl so it'll work um but i just like it because it's 45 millimeters instead of 50 and it's <laughs> They're, you know, they're all about the same size, but they're so um, small, right? Yeah, it's it's no it it. I mean, it's no bigger than this, right? It's the lens itself is no is really no bigger than they're all about the same size. Um, so it's a super like it's probably actually smaller than this lens. It, I think it's like um like this this measurement right here, that the yeah. width of the lens itself I think is probably actually a tiny bit smaller. So. If anything, it will be slightly more pancake than this, which is pretty damn pancake to begin with. Um, uh, so yeah, it's just a really interesting lens that I've I've always been interested in, and I was like, in a moment of like, 
wanting to make myself feel better. <laughs> I, I, I broke down and got it. So, um, so, uh, it, it, it's not a covered lens yet, but it would be a covered lens if I had it and it will be a covered lens after I use it. Uh, hey, we, we all, we all deal with stress in different ways. Right. Exactly. And you know, I went shopping like a good American, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but not for much. Know, My God, it was $30. I mean, you know that meme where um, it's the I think it's an American Olympic athlete, an Olympic gymnast. Uh, she won silver medal at the Olympics, and there's a meme of her face where she's standing oh, yeah. there, just yeah. looking just disgusted with the fact that she's come second. Second. Yeah. Uh, the, in, in the in the show notes for the uh, last week's podcast, I put that in as the the they're the silver medal faces link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, you can you can see it in the show notes for last week's podcast. So Simon Simon has had that face the entire time we were talking about Tessars, yeah. <laughs> right? The silver metal face, yeah, yep. <laughs> Simon silver metal Tessar face. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, right. Well, uh, let's. Um, Let's let's bring that section to a to to a close. Uh, we've been going on for a while anyway. So um, oh, wait, wait, yeah. one more thing. Listen to how nicely this adapter clicks apertures. Oh, that's nice. You know, it makes really nice adapters. It makes such nice. I mean, it makes such great stuff. And again, when I bought this adapter, I think I bought it like about a year ago, actually, um, with the intention of doing exactly what you see right here. Uh, But that. I, it I, I've I had wanted to get this adapter for just ages and ages, um, and I I finally broke down and got it because I mean it was you know by ada- by adapter price standards it was not cheap it was like a hundred bucks uh, over a hundred bucks, but I mean it just it's so incredibly nicely I mean there is like no play whatsoever you would yeah you would you would think if you didn't know better like let me just take this off. Um, I mean, you would think that this was just a lens, right? I mean, it's like you, you, there is no, there's no play. There's no nothing. It's just, it's just the nicest, you know, and then here's the actual, you know, the two pieces. Um, But I mean, the the fact that it has the aperture control, it's just so nicely. I mean, look at the, the, the build quality on it is just really, really amazing. They are. Uh, I mean, the, the reason I put everything uh, on a Leica M adapter is so that I can stick it on the Yenon uh, yeah. helicoid adapter on my Sony because it's just it's so nice to use that. Oh, they're they're so great. So I, you know, it does it, the lens and adapter just deserves to be used, and it's finally going to get get it this week. So yeah, no, I, I can. Um, well, third, uh, um, what you're saying about uh, Yenon adapters, I think they're absolutely um, excellent. Yeah. Um, I've got the same one as uh, as, as, as Perry's got, um, but I've also got some. Uh, well, they must be knockoffs, I guess, uh, because they, they they work exactly the same way. Um, you, the only tell, way you can actually tell the difference is they're just lighter, um, but they're yeah. you know they're, they're they're very good in themselves. But uh, but no, the 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 Enon gear, um, I've been impressed by that every time I've used uh, any of it, and and it's that that thing about prices. Um, it, it's uh, it's all about volume you know if um if although i say it's all about volume that's not not entirely true um but it, it it's a case of you you with with those you certainly get 
what you pay for and they, they it's not just a matter of just a piece of metal that goes between your lens and the and the camera there's there's mechanics going on in there as well especially where with these helicoid adapters or the type that you the, the DKL adapter there where you got the uh, uh, the uh, aperture connection um, and and you, you know, when you, you say the way that that actually works, a lot of thought has gone into that, not only in the way it looks, but the way that it's actually clicking, the way that it's actually feeling. Um, whereas, you know, a, a cheaper adapter will probably do as good a job, um, but you, it's just not going to feel as good. It's, it really is as simple as that. But you, the, the difference in what you actually have to pay to have something that's produced on much smaller volumes and that's had that much extra work yeah. into it is going yeah. to be considerably more. So, you know, you pay your money, takes a choice. Yeah, and and I, I think there it, the Yinan stuff is a, makes a great case for, you know, there's a Chicago saying, well, there's a, several Chicago sayings uh, about the cost of things. One, one is I can't afford to buy cheap, um, which mm -hmm. is basically, you know, you buy it once and you pay a little bit more and you've, you've got something that, you know, is valuable. And I, I've always felt that way about the Yanan stuff. It's like, just, you know, get the one thing from them and it's, it's totally worth it because it's going to hold up and it's going to, you know, it's going to work right. The other one that, uh, the other, uh, the other one is we cheat you fair. <laughs> and that's the other Chicago saying. So, but I, I can't afford to buy cheap. My mom told me that my grandfather used to say that, which as a, you know, he was a German immigrant, uh, that built everything himself, including their house. And um, that totally rings true for me. I love that saying. Yeah. Well, the, the, the other thing about that, we're talking about quality and Yenon and price, but then again, you know, there's, there's the next level up again from there. And you can buy similar adapters by by Voigtlander and, and, and so on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but whether or not that, there's that, that step up in quality uh, that you get from a, a cheap adapter to a Yenon and then from a Yenon to a to a, a Voigtlander or, or similar kind of uh, lens is um, a little bit more uh, debatable. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's quickly, because we've been here for a good while now, um, we've got at least two, well, we've got two emails. We, we should do at least one of them because it's, uh, um, it's been hanging over us for, for ages and we, we really need to do at least one of these emails. So uh, should, we, should we do at least one or potentially two of them? What do we think? Yeah, yeah sure. Do that. Okay. So uh, are, you, are you back on reading duty then, uh, then uh, Johnny? Or? Yeah, I, my, my, my voice works. I have my reading glasses. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I could do it. Are we talking about the Theo email? Yes, that's the one. Theo. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at the bottom of his email that, uh, where he's talking about trying to pronounce his last name. Hmm. So we'll, <laughs> I'll read that part, but I'm just, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna say this emails from Theo. Uh, and he wrote us on Monday, May 4th and his subject was more podcast goodness. And he says, hi, guys, I just wanted to send a message after last week's episode 113, which was absolutely fantastic. The episode really showcased the best of podcasting, hardcore geekery, meandering comment, com com uh, community and emotion. In other words, this is the stuff of real life, the good, the bad and the lens caps. 
Uh, a question. Do you guys have any experience with the two versions of the Mamiya RZ67 65mm lens? One has a floating element. Is it worth it? Um, big up to Robbie J for giving me tips on my Minolta AutoCord in the Facebook group. Oh, and also for helping Johnny. Um, I'm glad that the only person who can pronounce my surname is a dyslexic. <laughs> Keep up the good work and stay safe. Theo. <laughs> Theo Biddulph, that's how you say Biddulph. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I've, I was going to say, I was just speaking there, but I, I have no ability to answer this question, so I'm going to hand back over to you guys. I've, um, never, I've never touched those lines. I have had this exact conversation at Central Camera <laughs> with more than one fellow co-worker, uh, or I guess former fellow co-worker, however the world works out, um, but yeah, it's really funny. They, um, this lens, I, re I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's just a lot of it is again, marketing of that cool extra ring on the, on the lens. I, I, I mean, I've never done a side by side film test with those two lenses, but I, I really wonder the same thing. I'm, I'm very skeptical <laughs> um, that there's, that there's any, you know, apparent image quality difference would be my, my thought. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Is I don't know what the going prices are on for either one, but I don't think either one is all that. Exp I mean, most of the RZ67 lenses are not that expensive. Uh, there's a few exceptions, but <clears throat> and this may be the exception. Uh, but I think it would be worth looking at the prices of the two and seeing if there's really that much difference. Are they the same max aperture? Yeah, uh, yeah. As far as I know, they're, they're they're the same. One is floating element, as one one is not. I mean, we could look this up really quickly. Um, let me just look up uh, RZ six seven lenses, and let's look, just look at the list here. So the LA and the not LA. Is that what we're talking yeah. about? I was just going to say while you while you're just looking that up. Um, uh, the, the uh, reference was made to uh, episode, uh, what was it? They said um, one one three was it? Um, yeah, which um, which was the yeah it was one hundred thirteen, which was the uh, Carl's uh, Desert Island lenses, um, and uh, yeah, it was great to have some uh, feedback from the, uh, when we when we made that show, and uh, and uh, yeah. thanks for that feedback as well. Um, it was uh, it was it was a it was a good show to make and uh and it appears that uh people think it was a good show to listen to as well so uh, thanks for that yeah glad to hear all right so it's the the secor z 65 millimeter f4 and the secor m 65 millimeter f4 le f l e so that's the difference between the two um i'm just looking to see optical construction i mean obviously is going to be different uh, the FLE is nine elements in eight groups. Let's see if the other one is eight elements in eight groups. Uh, is seven elements in seven groups. Okay. So that's a, the extra two there, right? Um, uh, I'm looking in the notes here. So this guy, I'm looking at a, I'll have to pull this link uh into the podcast but it says 
it says an improved version of the older 65 millimeter. Um, this version includes floating elements and surprisingly can be found at almost the same price as the old one. So even if I don't have it myself, if you need a 65, I choose the late, the latest version. That sounds like good advice. Um, the shots, the shots here are beautiful. Although I, 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 I think I've said this probably on the podcast before. I think, I think that the RZ six, seven is entirely wasted. If you're, end result is to put the images online because they just look like any other 35 millimeter. I, you, these images look no different than any other 35 millimeter photos that you would see online. Um, and I think with, I can't really, with rare exception, it's, it's kind of like, you know how the, um, the Pentax six, seven, like some of the lenses, like the that 105, 2.4, there's like something about the images out of that lens that transcend the format of viewing online. Like you, yeah. there is something that looks different, right? Yeah. I mean, it's got a signature that's like unique. Oh, large formatting. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of a single Mamiya RZ lens that blows, like blows your mind that way. I can't, I don't think I can think of a single one where if you're just going to use them, the pictures online and put them on Instagram, it's like, why would you bother? <laughs> I, why would you bother? Cause that camera is a pain in the ass. It's, it's electronic. It really yeah. It's an electronic <laughs> shutter. So it's not like an RB where it's pretty straightforward, right? It's an electronic shutter. The batteries die all the time. I, I bought mine purely to, to, to use it to shoot Polaroids with a Polaroid back. And I think the first time the batteries died after, you know, two hours of putting fresh batteries in the camera, I was like, you know, screw this. I'll just use it. In, I'll just use it in manual mode, which I did from then on out um, and used it only in manual mode. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I as far as to go back to the lens, I'd say, yeah, just look at the prices and buy whichever one you want. But, but I'm that, that, that camera is, it's lost on me. Why people want to use that camera if they're not making like darkroom prints. <laughs> it, it, I'm looking here and the, the old one is 715 grams and the FLE is one, 1,060 grams. <laughs> It's heavy enough already, right? So there's an right. argument for the older version. Like, just shave 300 grams off that because yeah. I mean, that's just it's a brick. I mean, why would they put a floating element in a newer version unless there was a focus shift issue or something with the? Yeah, it's and there's also the the 140 millimeter macro is the same kind of thing. Although interestingly, the 140 millimeter macro is lighter by about 10 grams, 12 grams. <laughs> uh, than the than the previous version, so yeah. But it is about it's it. Uh, if you tell me if I'm wrong, but it, it is it is about the uh, close focus part of uh, things, isn't it? it? Correct, don't they? Is the idea that they correct uh, the lens for when you get 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 closer? Is that is that what the floating yeah. elements for? Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they can do a couple of things: deal with focus shift or. Um, do what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, which I'm sure somebody out there who shot these professionally back in the day probably bought it for that very reason. Um, but for us, you know, normal schmucks who are just dicking around with 
medium format. I ugh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I think that RZ is an iffy proposition to begin with. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Yeah. So I I would, uh, I would choose basically as a Pentax six seven with the one oh five two point four. Yeah, oh, yeah. That'll, yeah, that'll just blow you away. Yeah. So, but I will link this article, which is from Emulsive, uh, which is the complete guide to the RZ67. Uh, and this is part three, which is about lenses and accessories. So I will link, link, link this in for those who want to check it out. Excellent. Okay. Sweet. I, I wonder how many times my RZ67 has been bought and sold since I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious because, you know, when I was at – just sorry just to belabor this, but when I was at Central Camera, there was this distinct moment in time when um, people were coming in asking for the RB67. Uh, uh-huh. And then people were coming in to ask if we would buy back their RB67. And then people were coming in to spend even more money on the RZ67. And I never – I don't think it got to a point where we were buying those back from people. Uh, but probably only because, you know, not enough time had elapsed pre-pandemic because uh, they were just starting to get really, really hot like last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. but see then, you know what? I, I'm just thinking about shooting macro with an RZ and all the close focusing and, <laughs> and screwing around with fucking bellows calculations because that's the only time you really have to worry about it is with really close focus. So now you're shooting slide film Screwing around with bellows factors, I can't imagine something I would less like to do in photography, yeah. just generally, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway. I, 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 a, a friend of mine um, that goes to our, our darkroom club when it, when it, when it runs, um, he, uh, he's, he's big, well, he was really big into his, uh, into his RZ, as we call them over here. Um, yeah. And... Um, and he he went to it was like it was like about a five day or four day trip to LA, uh, <laughs> and he he took he took his, his his RZ and some lenses with him. So I think actually his, I think his entire baggage allowance was his camera <laughs> and his lenses, um, which is probably the reason why I didn't spend any more time because you know it starts yeah. smelling, you know. And all the clothes he could take with him, you know. But uh, I noticed that uh, that was that was up for sale uh, quite quite recently. Yeah, and I hope I hope that wasn't a trip with like a significant other because talk about like oh I think so spending yeah yeah yeah, spending all your extra time doing nothing but dicking around with a camera yeah the camera that that size yeah if that's your goal take an RZ67 on vacation because you'll do nothing but screw around <laughs> your camera and complain and, th- and and wonder why you brought such a heavy camera with you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We, did, we did try to tell him before he went. Well, you know, he was, he's young, you know, what can you say? You've, you've, you've got to make these mistakes in life, haven't you? Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, all right. Right, let's um, let's let's skip the 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 other uh, email we got because I think it's quite a meaty one. Um, so uh, we'll, let's 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 do that another time and let let's start um, wi- winding things down. Is there anything anything do I do I of you have anything else you might want to just get off your chest before we start winding things down? I hope your hard drive has enough space for this uh, video. <laughs> well, <laughs> that audio. that is a point. I'm at uh, two point two gig. Oh um, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Um, so that that might uh, uh, play into things going going forward, whether we actually do this or not. Um, 
so yeah so at the moment we're okay but i only have seven and a half gig left on my terabyte hard drive so uh, <laughs> i can't do this very often um okay so uh okay let's do uh coffee uh, because we've had a couple of donations since last week on uh, coffee.com uh, forward slash classic lenses podcast and uh, one of those is from the wonderful mike epstein so thank you very 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 much uh mike again and uh, mike has uh mike has been hit by uh, a really severe bout of uh gas recently <laughs> and he has just been buying lenses uh and cameras left right and center so it's pretty hilarious it's like every day he texts me with a new with a new lens being like i told i said i wasn't gonna buy a lens but look i bought a lens <laughs> Um, and uh, the other one is uh, David Blumenstein. Um, uh, cheers, guys. Nice hearing you each week. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Uh, David, uh, much appreciated there. Um, okay, so uh, any shout-outs, Perry? Uh, yeah, a couple shout-outs. Uh, first, a shout-out to uh, my girlfriend for uh, you know shooting with me a bunch this week and also for the the quiz idea um we we had a online quiz with a couple of her well with one of her colleagues and uh, her husband or fiance and uh, at the end of that quiz night i tried the fuji apple question on them <laughs> and uh the uh her friend who's not into photography apparently her fiance or husband actually listened to our podcast um and so he was super excited about that but the, but she got the fuji question right away like yeah. instantly yeah. before <laughs> my wife my wife did as well because i was yeah, everybody I was, did yeah i was complaining about what a ridiculous question he goes well i've yeah. heard of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah everybody everybody who listened to this podcast everywhere was shouting fuji at their computer or their, their listening <laughs> device at the same time yeah um, yeah yeah gotta got, got, got say that was that was just way too much fun not to do something like that again oh um, yeah yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's definitely a people who are prime candidates to bring on oh um, yeah yeah no no doubt exactly so we 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 now have um have our show's second um semi-regular um event uh, so we have desert, <laughs> desert island lenses and uh, and now we have the uh, the classic lenses uh, podcast pub quiz so um, <laughs> that that will be back but we, we're not going to do it every week or anything like that but um, i'm so looking forward to next time no no it's it's a hey, good things come some good things come out of this uh coronavirus thing um and my uh other shout out is um a little bit more of a serious one just kind of to everyone in hong kong and around the world who's sort of paying attention to what's happening here it's 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 a, an uncertain and rough time uh for us here in hong kong and um you know it's it's easy to be distracted uh by the virus but hopefully you know, keep keep your eyes out uh, and don't don't let people get away with atrocious actions. Um, hopefully, things work out, but we're a little pessimistic right now. Yeah, well, yeah. Fing fingers crossed on that one, mate. Yeah, we wish you the best for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, so Johnny, have you got any shout outs this week? Uh. <sighs> No, uh, no, just, uh, just, just to, you know, again, want to thank uh, the well-wishers um, for, for, for me to feel better. I really do appreciate that. And I'm, you know, hopefully, hopefully starting to mend. Um, 
please don't try to send me money because as you just heard, it'll just probably get spent on eBay. <laughs> that isn't going to put anybody off now, is it? Come on. I, I, I hope it puts people off for wanting to give me money. I mean, it was like, I feel guilty that I spent $30 on eBay uh, to buy a lens. So don't send me money because I'm going to feel guilty. I feel guilty enough that Robbie's like, you know, getting me groceries, but at least I can, you know, spot him a lens or so. Oh, I did. I can't say that. Mrs. Robbie will hear. Yeah. Uh, that I can like trade him a lens or something once in a while. But, but no, do you don't, please don't feel the need to do that. I will, I will survive. Um, and you know, I'll buy lenses if you send me money. That's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, th- sincere thank yous to, to everyone who's wished me well. I really appreciate that. Uh, and I guess, you know, happy Memorial Day, uh, especially to all those who, 100,000 who have given their lives and a badge of honor to glorify our president. Sorry, can't can't come out with a serious statement about this. That's no. we're gonna, that's all it's going to have to be. There's there's no way to feel good about today being Memorial Day, um, with a hundred thousand people dead in eight weeks. It just uh, it's it's if I I can't believe people are not losing their shit over this, but that's America. So yeah. Okay, well um, I've got uh, two. Um, shout outs of, of, of sorts um, one of them sort of in some ways carries on for what you've just been saying there um, and that's in uh, those people that have been regular to the Facebook group photography with classic lenses and that is the group where we we came from there um, it's uh, had some sad sad news uh, today that uh, one of the very regular posters in the group uh, Herman Samuel he's he's died uh-huh. Oh, um, and that's uh, that's that's, that's uh, really really sad. Um, yeah. So uh, our, our thoughts are um, with uh, Herman's family. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that's uh, that's not good. But um, and he was certainly a, a passionate photographer and a passionate classic lens photographer. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you look at the stuff that he's been putting up even recently. You know, it's you know there's a constant flow um, of. Uh, of, of photographs so he, he certainly enjoyed um doing that so um yeah yep. that's, that's sad mm-hmm. um and uh and the other shout out is for um is for best vintage lens uh, because um they need some help um they are looking for a knowledgeable or possibly more than one person uh knowledgeable um uh, classic lenses users to help them uh, run the group um, to be one of the moderators on the group and they've uh, I think today uh, they, they've put uh, something out there to uh, uh, call upon people if you're interested in helping Ricardo and co uh, run that uh, that that group um, then uh, get in touch with them so uh, um, who, who knows they might be able to you could be the next Captain Bukake <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it, is there going to be more to classic lenses on best vintage lenses than bokeh? Who knows? Uh, That's you, right. You, you. This sounds like a job for Johnny, really, doesn't it? Really. No, yeah. no, no. I'm still at my Instagram aversion, going on year a year plus at this point. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Uh, anyway, let's um, let's let's say goodbye now. So, um, Perry, um, where can people just find you outside of this show? 
you can find me on Instagram and Flickr at Perry G. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Or, uh, I don't know. You might find me in jail for terrorism charges. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's that's true. Um, so, um, uh, Johnny, how about yourself? Um, unless you're going to come wave to me at my front door, you ain't going to find me anywhere. No. Uh, and that's just fine for right now. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not anywhere. Uh, uh, what uh, What else? What else do we have? Oh, I, we have the email, right? So send us an email. We'll read it at some point. Uh, and that's classiclensespodcast at gmail.com. And visit classiclensespodcast.com for, uh, the, for each episode and the show notes for each episode. Uh, you can, again, like you can go see those sad silver metal faces. Those are in the, <laughs> in the, in the notes for last episode. Um, and we, we try to put fun things in there every week. So go check that out. Uh, and, of course, we mentioned Best Vintage Lens. So if you want to see uh, beautiful shots taken with Best Vintage Lenses, that is your place to go. Uh, so do that. Um, and what else do we have? We've got a YouTube channel, haven't we? Oh, that's right. We have YouTube. And it's going to be especially exciting with this episode, isn't it? You're going to have... Well, three was, talking heads. Yeah, it was. I must admit, it wasn't my intention to put this out at all. But I'm thinking, well, there is no edits in this. We can just stick it as it is. So there's no. Yeah. You know, it has it has incredibly low production values. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, no money has been spent uh, in in getting this this out. Um, so yeah, why why not? So we'll put that yeah. out there as well. You, and you can see have to because them. two out of the three of us have really amazing looking webcam situations. Oh, I'm using. I bought my normal webcam for oh, this part. Oh, you your normal one now. Okay, yeah, all right. I unplugged right. the Sony and put the mic in. So well, here, I'll put no the problem. red filter on just to make it worthwhile again for people. <laughs> I don't. Oh, wait, okay. I'll put the red filter on. You see, now you guys have to do this. The red filter and oh, that's the hell filter, isn't it? Yeah, the hell filter. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. This podcast can serve no useful purpose anymore. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> what's going on there that was weird it's it just a, oh that's perry perry what's up yes. with perry's well i just i'm holding a lens up to my webcam all oh, right i was yeah. confused i, I thought yeah. i was seeing that through through per johnny's camera somehow that uh, got, got really weird um so yeah those those poor people listening purely um on uh, on without without visuals have, have missed all of that so uh, so if, yeah. you want to, if you want to sit through two hours and seventy minutes of uh, of um, a video <laughs> on YouTube you can watch that too I suppose there is a fast forward though isn't there so uh, turn on the auto captioning it'll yeah. be worth it oh yeah, yeah. auto captioning yeah. is awesome we, we had that switched on earlier and uh, although yeah. I don't think we got that in because we've gone back into Hangout so uh, so we started this on on uh, Google Meet. And uh, it couldn't. I couldn't quite make it work in the way I wanted it to do. Um, hey, Simon, can you zoom me up on the screen really quick? Uh, well, you, yeah, yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. I am. Okay, so I'm just gonna say this because I want to see how it gets translated. I'm gonna go and look at the YouTube. I'm just gonna say "bokake," <laughs> and we'll just see how it translates that. Because I just want to see the word below my face now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, all right. Hopefully, it's got the the updated version uh, yeah. that uh, is now an official word and not not the word that sounds very similar to it. So um, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if yeah. I mean, is, do they is there like a censored? Uh, 
I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. We might get kicked off our own channel. <laughs> so uh, we, we shall see. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let, let's finish off then. So, um, which we've just done. Uh, and so it was just... I like, guess. if I was to say I'm going to take a trip to, fuck it, Thailand. <laughs> what do you think? Phuket, I think, is the... Well, the way we would say it's over here. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so, um, and I can be found on Twitter as Simon4. I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic. Um, we're all in the, the Facebook group, um, Classic Lenses Podcast, it's called. Um, and we also hang out a fair bit in photography with classic lenses as well. Um, what else? Uh, I've got a website. Uh, I'm also on eBay, and my website is uh, simonforsterphotographic.co.uk, where you can buy lots of lens caps and body caps as well. So, uh, um, and we all need more lens and body caps, don't we? So, uh, so that's always a good thing. And that's it. So, I uh, hope you've enjoyed this week's show. And uh, if you can, be like Carl. <laughs>